0: My name is Merrill Dubrow, CEO of Mark Research and the chair-elect of the MS Marketing Research Program at Michigan State. I'm really excited to be part of Spartan Insights. Spartan Insights is a series of podcasts that I'll be hosting and interviewing one of the 350 alumni and 40 board members from the Michigan State Market Research Program. Today's guest on Spartan Insights is Dale Sanko, Director of Consumer Insights at Designer Shoe Warehouse. Dale, thanks so much for being a guest on Spartan Insights.
1: Great. Thank you, Merrill. And thank you for everyone at Michigan State. It's great to join you today. And I really look forward to this conversation.
0: Absolutely. So Dale, a lot of the listeners may not know you. And let's talk a little bit about DSW and your current role and responsibilities, if we could.
1: No, that sounds great. Today, I lead the insights team in what we will call DSW, or sometimes called Designer Shoe Warehouse. DSW is one of the leading shoe retailers here in the U.S. We have over 500 locations, plus actually a strong and growing e-commerce business as well. At DSW, my responsibilities really center around understanding our current and potential and future consumers and really translating these insights into actionable strategies for our business, whether that be in new products, new service, new promotions. We really cover the broad range of how do we grow a successful retail business here in the United States. Prior to my time at DSW, I led the Insights team at Wendy's, and I also worked in consumer packaged goods at Procter & Gamble.
0: It's interesting because you're talking about a career that's had three jobs, right? In 23, 24 years, which is very impressive, and three major brands. Can we talk about some of the learnings that you've had to share with the students? I mean, 15 years at P&G, arguably the biggest brand in the world. And then obviously Wendy's, everybody goes to Wendy's and now DSW. Can you talk about some of the differences?
1: Right. No, and I've had the opportunity students listening today to think about their career in light of some opportunities and really the diversity that Insights offers. And having worked in CPG or consumer packaged goods in fast food or what we'll call QSR or the restaurant industry, and now in retail, those are three very big industries that I've had an opportunity to work in. And as I thought about my career, I had a great beginning of my career at Procter & Gamble. I started with an engineering degree and I was responsible for designing and figuring out the manufacturing processes, or making toilet paper and paper towels. That's how I started my career. I was nowhere near insights. Through the opportunities at Procter & Gamble, I had the opportunity to be exposed to consumer and marketing and business and strategy. And I really found my passion there in taking a consumer problem or opportunity and translating that into a business strategy. That's when I made the move within Procter & Gamble to work on the Cascade dishwashing detergent brand about halfway through my time at Procter & Gamble and really learned firsthand, roll my sleeves up and how to do insights work. And people ask me, Dale, you have an engineering degree. Why are you doing insights? But to me, Merrill, it's all about solving a problem. How do I get more people to buy detergent? To me, it's about solving a problem. As I think about the consumers in each of these areas, whether it be dishwashing soap or eating at a restaurant or buying shoes, the consumers have a ton of similarity. And I've been able to leverage that strength across each of these three seemingly different organizations of businesses to find those common themes to connect with consumers in different businesses.
0: So, you know, that's really interesting. And you talk about the students kind of planning out their career. This may be an odd question. Did you plan this career, that methodical? In other words, did you know, hey, I'm going to go to the biggest and arguably, I think, one of the best insight teams that you could ever work for, P&G, well, your career, was it opportunistic or did you actually plan it out? Because that's an interesting takeaway.
1: Merrill, that's a great question. The first part was certainly very planned going, shall we say, way back machine to when I graduated high school, I was heavily influenced by my instructors in high school. I'm sure many of the students here have either high school instructors or even college professors that are influential. And for me, it was a high school chemistry teacher that was very influential. That's what took me into chemical engineering. But as I got into that work, it became more about the solving problems and solving challenges. And P&G and many other organizations can give us a new employee. Employee, some great opportunities to see and learn different parts of the businesses. And that's what I would encourage students to take advantage of those opportunities. Take an assignment, even if it's only for six or 12 months, that really challenges you in a new way because you may just see something in your career that really lights your passion. For me, the, the opportunity that is closest to that was an opportunity to lead work in Mexico. p as you know, is a very, very large organization, but the team that I was a part of doing an acquisition in Mexico was a very, very small team. And it was an awesome experience to have the strength and capabilities of a large organization, but the agility, the exposure, and responsibility that came with working with a small team. It was through working with that small team that I saw the consumer side of the business and really found my passion from there. But to me, Merrill, as I said earlier, it all comes back to I love solving challenges. You know, whether it's getting more customers to come in during a pandemic or how do we make more toilet paper? You know, for a consumer, so that's the passion
0: that I have. And you know what? I love how you frame that, Dale, and solving challenges. So there we are. You're minding your own business in February, and we get some inkling that there's this pandemic. And I'm sure you were like me, Dale, and you're like, "What the hell is this going on overseas?" Right? And then March, bam! Pretty much the United States is shut down. Pretty much all of your, I think you said 500 retail stores are probably shut down at this point. And you're like, okay, there's a challenge. You need revenue. Your company needs to sell shoes. So can you talk a little bit for the students about how did you solve that problem? And did you put a lot more energy and a lot more research behind selling e-commerce?
1: That's exactly right. You know, and we think about what life was like at the beginning of 2020 to what life is like today. And I certainly want to air hopefully first and foremost, everybody listening is safe and healthy. That's the most important thing. And that's one of the priorities that we've used in our business is both the health and safety of our, what we call associates, as well as our consumers who are engaging with our brand, you know, full stop on that part. From a business side, the really, the key is understanding our business and What do we need to do to set up our business for the long-term success? And from a consumer standpoint, my charge was to understand very quickly, where is this thing potentially going? And the challenges, if I reflect back on March, was, let's be honest, no one knew. You know, here in Ohio, we closed our schools on March 13th, and it was supposed to be for two to three weeks. You know, the prevailing thought was, oh, this will be over in two or three weeks, and we'll go back to normal. And as we all know, that hasn't been the case. The way I approached it Merrill was I'm going to give leadership and guidance to my organization on where I think this is going. These are some of the things I know, these are the, some of the things I don't know, and these are some of the things I'm going to go figure out. And we quickly put some plans in place to go get those answers the best we could. The challenge of the pandemic was the answers kept changing almost every week. Yeah. For our business, we did close our stores in middle of March, many of them, and we were fully reopened now at this point. But we overnight went from a business of 500 stores to being a dot-com-only business. And that had to change our consumer mindset. It changed our competitive mindset, how we price and ship our product. All of that changed overnight. I often get the question, was insights more or less important throughout that time? It was absolutely more critical during that time. And as students are thinking about a career or possibility and insights, let's just be honest about that. What I'm seeing both at DSW as well as other winning organizations is now is the time to invest in your business, invest in your people, invest in your marketing and in your leadership because the strongest brands that emerge from this be the ones that are thinking ahead. What does the consumer look like in six months, 12 months? That's exactly the type of work that I'm doing at DSW.
0: Which is interesting. So truth be told, I'm actually a customer of yours. The one that I go to is in Texas and it's next to Nordstrom Rack. And I go into your store first. And then after I'm done, I go into Nordstrom Rack and usually buy things at both locations. And if I think about that, I love your stores because, and I know I may use a word you may not like, and I apologize ahead of time, Dale, but I like the simplistic view of your stores. They're very clean I can see over the rack for most of them. The staff is very custom service oriented. For me, I find the store is very easy to navigate, right? And I find customer service plentiful, where in other retail establishments, I got a better chance of hitting the lottery than finding somebody to help me in the store. But my question is, a year from now, how do you think your consumer has changed? If I said, you know what, 7% of our customer base over 60 is going to now order e-commerce. Is there something that stands out that you can discuss?
1: Absolutely. We've talked about this and we're seeing this openly in our category. One of the things, Meryl, that we talked about the pandemic, I'm a believer that, yes, wearing masks and there are some obviously new behaviors that we've all had to adapt because of the pandemic. But the way I think about the pandemic and the consumer behavior is we've actually probably seen, call it five plus years of change in a matter of months. You know, as I look at our business and I look at the retail category more broadly, there's been themes out there around making sure your product is a good value or worth what the consumer pays. Convenience is a growing area. Casualization is a growing area. All of those themes were in place ahead of the pandemic. But frankly, the pandemic has actually accelerated those in many ways because consumers had to. And I think one of the biggest moves that retailers, including DSW, is navigating through and where insights is critically important is, what is the role of e-commerce? now in a retail category. It's one thing to buy you know, toilet paper from Amazon or from another retailer, but how do we get a shoe that comes in a variety of different sizes and a variety of different colors? Yeah. Or how do we send an outfit or a business suit or a pair of pants where somebody may not know, are they a size six or they a size eight or a size 10? You know, How do we do that in a way that's a win for the consumer, but also protects the sales and profits of an organization? That's where we're trying to navigate this change. And it's happening, Meryl, very, very quickly across the category. I also believe that the longer this pandemic lasts, the
0: more of those changes will become permanent. You know, it's interesting. There's so many takeaways here for the students. The way I view this, Dale, is, I'm old, I have lots of gray hairs and they're real. And it seems to me that every eight or nine years as an executive, we deal with stuff, right? We had 9-11, which amazingly enough, was almost 20 years ago. The financial crisis we had in 2008 and nine, so that's 10 or 11 years ago. And now you've got this. So to me, what I'm going through is my Super Bowl. I always wanted to play professional sports. It's my Super Bowl, it's my seventh game of the World Series, it's my 22 foot pot at the Masters. It this test how good you are as an executive to navigate, through. This right? right, but I'm wondering do you guys have programs like Shoe of the Month Club or Shoe of the Season Club where you're actually kind of being much more proactive and marketing to the changing environment because of the pandemic?
1: Absolutely. One of the things for our listeners who are DSW shoppers, and I would encourage obviously everybody to be shopping, we have a
0: award-winning
1: program that we call DSW VIP. And as I was researching the organization and thinking about moving from Wendy's to DSW, I was a DSW shopper you know, ahead of time. But as I learned more about the program, it is an amazing program as we think about loyalty and rewards. And well over 90% of our transactions are coming from our members. But as a member, you receive a lot of what we call perks, whether that be a birthday gift or whether it be points for every purchase, those are very valuable. From a consumer standpoint, that's the value that we give back to our customers. From a marketing and insights standpoint, One of the pieces that I love about this category and now working in a dot-com business versus a restaurant or a packaged good business is I now have actionable data about what my consumer is actually doing. So yes, I'm placing quantitative studies. I'm doing qualitative research largely over Zoom and Microsoft Teams, right? But I also have the ability to look at the actual behavioral data because what consumers sometimes say they do and what they actually do sometimes are different. And I don't believe that one data source is better or worse than the other, but the skill of an insights leader is how do I take qualitative data? How do I take quantitative data? How do I take
0: observed
1: data and put all that data together to build your insights? That's what I'm focused on is leading insights at DSW.
0: I would put you on a pedestal that you are an amazing insights professional. 15-year career at and g most individual insights professionals would actually kill for that. They really would. It's like hitting the lottery. So in your opinion, what are four or five of the qualifications to be a great insight professional today and moving forward? What are those that the students really need to have to be as successful as you have been?
1: That's a great question. As a leader of an insights team, whether it's DSW, P&G, or Wendy's, I've had the opportunity to interview and building an organization and building a winning team. And I often get this question, especially from our HR professionals about, well, Dale, what are you looking for in an insights role? Because insights, I want to say is unique, but it's a talent and a function and a capability that I do think has some unique skill sets that at least I'm looking for when I'm looking for my next insights leader. And really it comes down to two, Meryl And to me, those are curiosity and drive. You have to constantly be asking why. For anybody who has children or has younger children in their family, when you hear the three and four-year-old going, well, why does the ball bounce? Why is the sky blue? How does a car go? Yes, those are simple questions for us adults, but translate that to your insights. Always keep asking why. Why is a competitor winning? Why are consumers ordering shoes from Amazon? Why is somebody buying a more athletic shoe right now as opposed to a dress or a heel product? Keep asking those questions. Why? Until you're satisfied. And sometimes it takes you down a rabbit hole that you need to kind of climb back out of and go a different direction. But you won't know that until you keep asking those hard questions. You have to have that persistence Keep trying to find the answer. But it's also persistence within your organization, being able to take your insights and sell those to your leadership. Because you're often in a position where you may not have direct responsibility for a PL and you're in an influencing role. But I would submit that influencing is actually harder than when you have that direct PL responsibility. I often find that I have to take insights to my leadership team or to an organization or when I was working with Wendy's, taking that to franchisees and not just present the insight once or twice. Sometimes it's three, four, five times. How do you find that nuance? You have to have the drive and the resilience to keep doing that. There's actually a third, as I think about this, Meryl, that comes about, Mm -hmm. And it's one thing to do a piece of consumer research, whether it be qualitative, quantitative, syndicated, whatever, and find that, for example, hey, consumers want to spend a dollar for a hamburger. That's a potentially important insight. But as an insights leader, you have to think about, well, if I charge a dollar for my hamburger, what does that do to my profit? What does that do for margins? What does that do for my speed of service in a restaurant? You need to be able to take the insights that you're learning and balance those with a broader understanding of your business. And for younger people, that business time will take a little while to build, but seek out those partners in your business, your finance partner, your operations partner, maybe your supply chain partners, depending on what category you're in. Partner with them to understand the business. It will make you a stronger insights leader.
0: There's so many takeaways. I do have a follow-up question on that though. Curiosity and drive Are you born with that or can you actually be taught that?
1: Meryl, that's a great question. I think it's a little bit of both. looking for that person's experience. Either they show whether it be in a school project or whether it be something outside of the academic setting. I had to find a different way of solving that versus just saying, I couldn't answer it and I couldn't solve it. I'm not sure that person has it in them. I can teach the business skills. I can teach the technical skills on insights. And that in turn will build some drive. When I'm interviewing,
0: I'm interviewing what we all
1: call for potential. And that's something that I think we all practice throughout our life from a very early age on.
0: That's great. Okay, last question, Dale, and this has really been incredible. Last minute advice for the students who are involved in the program and going to kick open the door in April and May of 2021. What advice do you have for Dale?
1: For the students entering the program, you are in an awesome program that I think gives you a lot of potential. Think about the long-term growth. Yes, the economy is a little soft right now. Let's not kid ourselves. But one of the things I always focus on in my career is growth. It will happen. Be patient. Don't give up. Focus on your growth, whether it be professionally, personally, or with a business, all of the above. But a couple of specific things I would encourage the students to think about. One is while you're in the academic setting, gain a diverse set of experiences across industries. Insight skills are highly transferable whether you're working on a high capital business like automotive or whether you're working on a more fast moving consumer goods like a retail or CPG gain those experiences while you're in the academic setting whether it be through a special class project whether it be through a capstone opportunity gain those experiences now because that will set you up for the future the other piece of advice i would give and this applies both to your academic setting as well as your professional setting actively seek out the hardest challenges I've had most growth in my career by not shying away from the hard things. And there are projects and assignments and opportunities I was presented at, you know, either at DSW or my other two locations where my initial reaction was, wow, that's really hard. I don't know if I want to take on that challenge. But as I reflect back on my career, that's when I saw the most professional growth as well as the most personal growth was from taking on and tackling and ultimately solving those hardest challenges.
0: Wow. Dale, well said. Thanks so much. I really appreciate your time today on Spartan Insights. My name is Merrill Dubro. Thanks for listening.